All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the MIE Trading Podcast, the podcast where I share my knowledge and experience on trading psychology, risk management, and strategy, and anything else you need to become a better trader. However, today, it's not me sharing the experience. It's my friend, Samuel Varis from Triple Point Charts. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Let's start off. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? For sure. Yeah. Uh, first off, thank you for having me on. Uh, you are definitely the homie. Uh, I look at you as a friend and a, you're younger than me, but I still look at you as a mentor because uh, you know a hell of a lot more than I do when it comes to trading and strategy management, you know, all the above. So thank you. Yeah. But my name is Samuel Varis. Uh, I've been trading for about three years. Um, I started full time when coronavirus kind of really took a, uh, at least America by storm. Uh, I'm from Florida. 29, I got a family, I got four kids. Uh, this last weekend, actually, I've been married for 10 years. It was my 10 year anniversary. So congratulations. Still kind of, yeah, thanks. I'm still kind of on vacation mode. That's why I'm not in my office tonight. I'm on my front porch, uh, just hanging out. But yeah, I started my trading journey probably about five years ago. And about three years ago, I took it full time. It's been incredible for me, but it has been trying at times and it's been triumphs at times. Yeah. Uh, lately, it's been lately, it's been triumphs. It's been very good. Yeah. You know, that it seems like in a bear market, I perform much better in a bull than a bull market for some reason. But I'm going to ride the waves as they come. Yeah. Yeah. I found it interesting that you said lately it's been triumphs, like basically free money coronavirus. It was trying it's like everyone else is pretty much backwards at this point right now yeah they're, they're, it's trying times and and before was triumphs and that's certainly the way it was for me like during the the free money phase like i thought i had the market figured out and i'm like yes, sure it's so easy so much money and now like yeah. we're in the bear market it's like all right i wish you got to get my shit together yeah well we we've talked about it before but um where i am we have the options market so I, for like the last, I don't know, maybe year, six months or so, I've been trading options. So lately I've just been buying put options, which is, you know, betting that the market's going down in, in price, betting that a security is going down in value. So I've been able to really leverage myself in a really good way uh, recently. And it's, it's yeah. been a, pretty much across the board where everything's, you know, kind of going down. Right. And have yeah. you always done options like right from the start no. five years ago? No, no, no. I, I actually was warned to never play with options uh, oh. by the, per the by the person that taught me trading. There's just so much more risk when it goes into options or seemingly, you know, I guess there's risks with everything, but kind of the narrative with options is it's, it's uh, a lot more risky than just regular trading or shorting in general. I started with just trading stocks. Like I traded oil, CL, like crude oil is what I, where I started at. Right. That's interesting because that narrative that like, if you jump into options, you're going to have, it's immediately more risky. Now I'm not really too experienced in options, but the way you explained it to me last time we spoke, honestly, I was able to draw like a lot of parallels between options and then the way that I trade CFDs. Like to me, sure. it actually seemed like the same thing. Just a lot of terminology was different. Definitely. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. And I'm not going to pretend like I am a professional and I'm not the greatest trader that's ever lived by any means, but it really is just like a, it's an advanced terminology that comes along with options that scares people. 
and there's an advanced, you know, strategic plays that you can take when it comes to options to leverage yourself in a bear or a bull market. But yeah, you just have to learn it just like anything else. I mean, you don't, you definitely don't jump into anything. Do your research, do a thousand hours of research on options before you ever want to take your first one. That's, you know, that's kind of the rule of thumb. Yeah. And um, another thing on the risk, it's like trading options isn't risky in and of itself. The risky thing is not knowing. The risky Correct. thing is not knowing what you're doing, not knowing how to manage risk. Correct. Yeah. You I mean, like, it's, yeah, it's the if same. If you jump it's in the- on an options trade and you want like 50% gain or 100% gain or whatever, and you go in with your entire account, of course, that's risky. But if, if you're you know, managing your position size and whatnot, then you can minimize risk and it's not as dangerous as people make it seem. For sure. And that's what it is. People think that you have these people on Twitter and you have, you know, different discords that are showing 15,000% gain on a $1,000 option call or option put. And they're they're going into it with that expectation. Like that is the, the norm. That's what people are getting constantly. Like I can take an options play. Like today I took an options. Um, and again, this I'm going to expose myself for not being the most vexed in the terminology, but I believe it's called a a straddle where i, I bought a <laughs> yeah yeah so i well i don't really know what it is but it's uh it's just a way to leverage yourself i bought a call option for like a let's say it was i trade a security called tqqq it's a 3x leveraged etf that tracks the qqq so 3x bull leverage so if the qqq goes up by one percent tqqq goes up by three percent and the inverse Today, I took a straddle option where I chose a strike price that was significantly higher than the security was trading at. And I also chose a strike price of $1 under what the security was trading at. So I believed that it was going to go down in value. But at the same time, I wanted to leverage myself where if I was wrong and it shot up in value, my call option that I took would increase in value to the point where I would be still profitable on the day. And right. it, it it worked perfectly today. Like I took a, a straddle option and I also took an additional put option where at the end of the day, I was, the security was trading lower. I had more confidence that the security was going to go down in price. And that was where I had my bets placed. So at the end of the day, I was down on the call that I took, but I was significantly higher in profit on the puts, on the, the shorts that I took. So even though I did lose a little bit today, I leveraged myself to still be profitable by the end of the day. Right. That sounds, that kind of process sounds somewhat similar to like hedging or that's it that's it yeah yeah i mean it's it's the same thing and the reason people say that options are more risky is because you know for what i've heard from like i have friends that trade options as well and when they first start out there's a there's kind of a misconception that you can't sell this option like because when you first take an option there's two parameters you want to pick the price you believe it's going to be at and the date you believe it's going to hit that on so let's say if the security is trading at $50 and you decide that you believe that it's a bullish sediment, you believe it's going to go to $55 in a two-week span. Those are the parameters that you choose. You can select the price and select the date. But the date has nothing to do with the date that you choose to sell on. Like, you know, I can sell an option in 15 minutes. But for some reason, there's a narrative out there that if you have a two-week expiration date, that you have to wait until 
it expires and that's that's not accurate i mean you can scalp these i mean sometimes i take 10 minute trades on the options market and i make you know 200 percent profit on my investment in right. within 10 minutes you know it's it's a beautiful thing but it is scary because it does move quite quickly it's all it all comes down to management you have to manage your trades you have to manage your risk but if you're not if you're not doing that with the stocks then i definitely would not suggest to switch over to the options market and gamble with that because it's not that's not the place for that Right. Um, but it seems like that's that's more the culture for, for options. People people take it more like a gamble than a trade, and it's it's totally the opposite. Like, I would gamble more on a, a regular trade than I ever would an option in my position now. Yeah. Not no, that I, I would ever... definitely relate with the, the gambling thing, because, um, like, I, I have a mate, and this was before options were banned in Australia. He was like, mm. oh, look, look at this. It's options. Look how cool this is. You can make so much money so quick. I'm like... I don't know, man. Seems risky. <laughs> and um, definitely, I can see the the attraction to that. And that other thing you mentioned before about people posting like 2,500% returns on a small account, like that's something that I see so often. People having expectations that are just outside what is actually possible. Like, well, it's possible, but is it repeatable? That's that's yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah, I, I like, want to see what's repeatable, like on a daily basis. If I'm a day trader, I want to be consistent with my, if it's 2,500%, is it consistently 2,500% or is it, you know, what is the consistent value of profit that, that is coming along with these trades? Yeah, like I can go all in on a stock with a hundred to one risk reward ratio and the win rate, it's not zero. It, right. it might take me 50 years to win, but eventually I'm going to win. And so right. like, let's say full, any fool can get lucky going all in on a single trade and making 2,500, 3,000, whatever percent you know for sure but yeah yeah and then like the other thing as well is like with social media the stuff that is pushed and the stuff that blows up and the stuff you see is like the hyper successful the luck scenarios right you only yeah. see the successful people you only see the people that are making a ton of money you don't see the people that try it and fail yeah and, and definitely most people try and fail and so like when people come to me and they're like oh this is how much i want to make in a year i'm like no, nah, yeah. you, you can't make that in a year. Like, not yeah. like my number one rule is like get your risk in check first before focusing on profits. For like, sure, yeah. Like personally, I like low risk. I can't handle volatility and and this stuff. And I'm like, look, if 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 you want to work with me, I'm not comfortable with that level of risk. You know, like, right? We, we we can't have two thousand percent returns. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and you you know you really took the words right out of my mouth. It's not it's not how much how much do you want to win. It's how much can you lose that's the way to go into it because and i addressed this on the podcast last or the the newest episode that we just released but i talked about how i kind of stepped away from the discord in giving you know giving my the trades that i was taking personally because i understand that i'm never going to invest something that i'm not willing to 100 percent lose and i had some people that invested into the same thing i was invested into but with no idea on risk management, they had they just went all in on the same thing that I was in like four percent of my account on. It kind of broke my heart. I was like, dude, like if they would have sold within like seven minutes, they would have been extremely profitable. If they would have held all week, they would have got burned on it like I did. Because after three years, you still get burned. After five years, you still get burned. Sometimes there's yeah, you know, it's tra it's trading. It's like. This is an old Georgia term, but this is something that my dad used to tell me that we would go out fishing 
and he would say uh when we you know we're packing up the fishing poles and stuff and i'd be like man today sucked like we didn't catch anything and he would tell us well it's that's why it's called fishing it's not called catching yeah. it's the same thing it's it's not this isn't profiting this is trading yeah you know i mean you have to manage your risks that's but i know it sounds redundant and it sounds like you know we're just repeating everybody that was before us but it is unfortunate to realize that that is the biggest truth in everything it's risk management yeah yeah it, it, you know i i sometimes think about that too like in nearly every video i make i'm like risk management back test it's do your journeys yeah. and stuff it's like i say the same thing over and over again but it's like it really is a simple thing it's a simple concept to grasp but it's hard to master for and sure I, and i really think that's just what that's what separates the novices from the pros the pros Most just mastered that simple process yep so for instance like it must have been a three weeks to a month now where i had the worst trading week of my career like I had to, I had to, I didn't trade. It was uh, a mo- uh, either a Monday and a Tuesday or a Tuesday and a Wednesday. I had the worst back-to-back days I've ever had in five years. So how bad? Well, for me, that's not terrible. It was like you know, just under three thousand. Okay. Which is not terrible, but on the stock in the this is the stock market. This isn't the crypto market. Crypto is I don't even consider those because those can be substantial losses, um, but they typically are outweighed by substantial gains in my experience but on the actual stock market i took the largest loss in two trades it was basically three thousand dollars gone boom right away and this was actually on it was on the options market and i knew what i was doing was incorrect i knew that i was just loading up on something on an idea like it was still i i took a short position and it was going long and I was basically just trying to catch the falling knife. I was kept going up, kept going up. I'm like, surely this is the point where it's going to turn around. And I was I was trying to to predict the bottom or predict the top rather in this case. And I was overestimating my abilities to predict a top or a bottom, which, you know, in trading, I don't think you should ever try to predict where the top and bottom is. I think you should just be you should just operate inside of the movement that's currently happening. But I took uh, about a $3,000 loss in two trades and I didn't trade for the rest of the week. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to hang out with my family. I'm just going to chill. I don't like a lot of loss personally. 3000 was a lot for my small account that I run. I've been doing it for three years, but I'm not a millionaire by any means. I'm don't, you know, nothing like that. I'm a normal guy that pays his bills with this. And when I lose 3000 bucks, that's like shit you know that that hurts i took a step back i I assessed where i was i went back over my trades that i took and i kind of reevaluated what i did wrong and the following week i took the two biggest uh, most profitable day trades of my career following the biggest losses that i took there you go yeah the 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 very uh well i um the first one it was again it was like a a wednesday it was a 550% profit on my investment. It's pretty big. And then, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the options market. So, I mean, this can happen. And then the following day, it was a 730% profit on my investment. Wow. So I've, you know, so made everything com- back. Combined, that's like, like it, it, it that's more than, um, that's more than 1200. That's like 14, 1500 because they compound. Yeah, yeah, it was it was beautiful, man. It was easily double what I lost the previous awesome. week. There you go. Yeah, 
Yeah, but if you don't have that mentality where you take a step back and assess what you did wrong and make changes to it, you're going to continue to lose. If you just keep throwing your money in, doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to continue to lose because it was 100% my mistake. I should have went with the trend. I should have followed, been on the right side of volatility and I should have pulled back my position size rather than just dumping my money into it and hoping for a reversal. It's it's tragic, but that's how people blow their entire accounts and they stop trading. Yeah, so a couple of things there. One was you lost 3,000 in the two days and then the week after you, you made back double. Um, and that's like, that's important because it's not just like you lose 3,000 and you make six. It's about the law of averages, right? So for sure, like if you calculate, I can lose 3,000 in the worst case scenario. And then in the best case scenario, I make six. And in the average case scenario, I'm making like $1,000 a week or whatnot. Then you can say like, all right, I can handle this $3,000 loss. And as long as I can handle that, and then the law of averages carries out in my favor over time, then I'm going to be consistently profitable when we look at an average income kind of thing. Yes, for sure. That's that's what this whole game is about. Like it's, yep. it's not about how much money you can make in one week or one month or, or even like one day. Like the people that play the long game are the ones that are successful. Yeah, it's it's all about strategies, man. It's all yeah. it's all about mitigating your risk and, and creating a sustainable strategy. Yeah, I said a couple of things, but I've forgotten the other one. I got a few questions here that I'm referring sure. back to if we ever get off topic or, or whatnot. So... Oh, one thing, this this was a question I had like right at the start that, that came into my head. So you've been trading for, for five years and you've been full-time for three. Yep. What was it that either happened or what, what were your thoughts when you were like three years ago when you're like, okay, it's time to take this full-time. How did you decide now it's time I should go full-time? Honestly, what made me go full-time with trading was I basically found a really good mentor. I had been trading on my own and I had found a really good mentor and he helped me with my trading in general. And that that's what really gave me the confidence to take it full time. Also, it was, you know, it was just a series of unfortunate events with coronavirus where, you know, I have small children, I was out in the public and I know there's a lot of political stuff around coronavirus and, you know, I definitely do not want to get into that, but I was in, um, retail. I worked a a normal job. I was a manager at a uh, hardware store here in Florida. And I was around about 1200 people a day. You know, I was making decent money trading. I was making actually I was making more money trading than I was being a full time employee being upper level management. And I was, you know, working 60 hours a week. And just by me being there at the job, it was limiting what I could really bring in trading. So it became a point where I had saved up a, a decent amount of money where I could, you know, I had a little bit of a cushion and I just went for it. You know, I had people tell me that I was making a horrible decision because I they had strived to be in the position in the workplace that I was in for years. And I was only in that position for two years and kind of went past what most people were doing. And that's not to say I did it any better. I just, I had a little bit better strategy than they did, to be honest. I went about it um, a little differently, but I met my mentor and he just started a fire in me when it came to trading. He necessarily didn't do anything other than inspire me to dig deeper into trading and to figure it out for myself. But he did offer years of experience that I got basically downloaded into me versus having to go through it on my own. 
So once he came along, I just dove right into it. I can definitely relate with um like the the mentor thing, but or or rather I can't relate because I did do the thing on my own, and in yeah. so and that and that was like a very that was a process of many many years of, of learning before I became consistently profitable. And in hindsight, I could have shaved a lot of years off that time if I had oh yeah to be like hey, this is the way this is a way to do it because obviously there's no one solution to sure to sure problem but yeah I mean and. Like he said, th that was the guy that said, never trade options. Don't ever trade options. And you know, for the there last six months, exactly. I've been trading options, you yeah. know? So, you know, he failed to realize that there is multiple ways to do that. And he was, he was a crude oil trader. So he was a futures trader. It worked for me, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like home to me. You know what I mean? Like when I pull up the security that I trade and I'm looking at the chart, I almost feel like inside of the chart is my office. You know what I mean? Like right. when I pull up that chart, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm now I'm inside of the workplace. I'm understanding what this, what this language is, but each market moves so differently. I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but you know, the futures market to the Forex market, to the crypto market, it all moves in such a different manner, in my opinion, at least where I encourage people to shop around and to see what market works best for them. Because for me, trading the QQQ is I've I've been more profitable trading uh, primarily tech stocks than anything else. And I never I'm not a tech savvy guy. I don't keep up with any of that, but it just really works for me somehow. I, and I should probably dive in and figure out why that works for me. But yeah, it just does. If you dive in, you might be able to say if this is the reason that it works, let's right. do let's go harder in on this reason. For sure. Yeah. Wow. I've, you know, I've never even thought about that. Like why, why does the QQQ feel so at home to me? I should, yeah. I should definitely figure that out. Yeah. That thing about like trying different markets. Cause I, I have noticed that when I started, I started with trading Forex and mm. I was, I was in a demo account. Sure. My demo account was profitable, but I was doing that thing that you said before, trying to catch the falling knife. You know, the demo account has like a hundred thousand dollars in it or whatnot. Yeah. So yeah. the knife kept falling. I'm like, all right, buy, buy. Let's keep buying, yeah. keep buying, keep buying. And then it goes up. I make a ton of money. I'm like, yes, trading's easy. And then when I went into the real trading, nope, different story. Did not catch the fall. It landed on my toe. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, dude. The catch the falling knife thing. I'm telling you, like, if anybody is hearing this, let the dust settle. No matter what's going on, let the dust settle, let the security figure out its normal price, then make your trade. Don't worry about missing out on extreme gains or this thing falling down to extreme lows. Like if you get caught up in that, it's always your fault. In my opinion, always when I see huge gains on the market, I want to wait for that true value to come back before I really make my assessment and make my trade. You remember recently when they had the rate announcement and, um, price shot up overnight yeah. and then we were and like yeah we had it we made a ton of money right when that happens i'm like these gains aren't mine they, these are going no. to be repaid basically straight away yes and i will admit that uh in that hike it was a couple weeks ago was yeah. where i lost my money there you go <laughs> yeah because i was betting that when when you know the the federal reserve made their announcement i was betting that the market was going to react negatively and I, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't have, have done that. Did that too. Yeah, yeah. And I had, you know, heavy puts out in the, on the market, and it just, it ate me alive. And I should have waited to see the direction of the market and then go in.
but I didn't. I got arrogant. I thought I knew what I was doing too much and it bit me. Yeah. Um, and while we're on that falling knife analogy, like if we're going to stick with that, you know, when we talk about risk management, yeah, it's cool if you catch the knife that's falling. Like imagine in real life, you catch a falling knife. That's sick. But yeah. how, how about this? It, it ends up in your hand, right? If you just let the knife hit the ground and pick it up, the knife is still in your hand. Exactly. But now you just, you didn't worry about the risk of trying to catch a falling knife, you know? Right. It, it was right. safe. And you still ended up in the same place, you know? Yep. And, and and I would argue that you ended up in a much better point of control than you would have ever been able to achieve in catching that knife while it's falling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, this is like off topic, but I have this like thing, I guess, that I do. And there's like, if if I drop something, I, I always catch it. Not, not always. Like my success rate <laughs> is like 75%. If I drop it, I'm catching it. In, in yeah. the shower, if I drop the soap, boom, I catch the soap. I don't know where I was going with that, but there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you weren't going to prison. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's a saying in Australia, but in no, Flo- in- that's, 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 a, that's a saying everywhere. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that's awesome. But yeah, so don't try to be Hercules out here. Let the thing fall down and let the dust settle, and then once it gets to some kind of normality, then then make your assessment and jump back in. But it's less impressive to catch a falling knife than to be consistent with trading that's the most impressive thing as a trader is to be consistent